Hello and welcome to Lead Hers, the Imperfect Path podcast brought to you by CMS Women and the CMS Equip programme in Scotland. CMS Women is an internal initiative bringing female-focused issues to the fore across CMS and beyond. And Equip is the CMS Startups programme, working with startups which are IP-rich or in the technology sector to support their growth. In this podcast series, we will be speaking to an exciting range of female businesswomen, discussing in particular challenges and obstacles that they have encountered on their business journeys and how their reactions to those challenges has helped them build resilience and get to where they are today. I'm Natalie Hefner, an associate in the CMS Aberdeen Energy Disputes team. And I am Neve Morrison, an associate in the CMS Aberdeen Employment team. We are both on the CMS Women Committee in Aberdeen. In today's episode, we will be speaking to Jennifer Croft, who will be telling us about her journey to becoming Chief Executive at Opportunity Northeast. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. It's great that you've made time to speak to us today. Firstly, we'd just like to know a little bit more about Opportunity Northeast and your role as Chief Executive. Um, great to be part of this podcast. So thank you both Natalie and Neve. So Opportunity Northeast, quite an unusual organisation. We were set up five years ago, very much a startup company at the time. And we are private sector led, principally funded by the Wood Foundation. Serene Wood is our chairman. And our purpose and our role in the northeast of Scotland is to support economic diversification, to, to support industry in terms of energy, to diversify from that 50 years of oil and gas knowledge and experience that's been the powerhouse of our economy and driver in terms of good quality jobs in the region, to transition to renewables, to energy transition, offshore wind, hydrogen, carbon capture, and become a leading global integrated energy cluster to support food, drink, agriculture and fishing, to be a leading um, high-value manufacturing supply chain of premium quality food in a low-carbon world um, that is what all consumers and customers are, are demanding, and to grow our life sciences industry. We have a small, very high-value, very topical in terms of their knowledge and expertise all around biologics, antimicrobials, antibacterials, so very much at the fore in this COVID world we find ourselves in um, and, and very focused on digital. And then support tourism in, in terms of right now, that's all about how do we make the most of our marine and coastal environment, our great outdoors um, and develop visitor economy in a very sustainable way where people will enjoy the outside, but not to the detriment of outside, but actually to enhance their own health and, and well, well-being. And underpinning all of that is this new digital age. And, and, and the acceleration of that um, is what the last 12 months has pro- provided, how we live, work, thrive in a digital world, and how businesses support industries in the future to, to, to be able to do that. So that's our role to work across industry sectors, to work with industry leaders, identify opportunities for growth, understand where there are risks and challenges, and then with industry together, develop projects, opportunities, solutions to attract funding and investment um, to drive forward in new areas of, of opportunity and growth. So as a chief executive, I was number one employee. I set up the company. We set up a, an industry leadership board, the, the Opportunity Northeast Board. We're a not-for-profit company. So the Inwood, as I said, chairs. Um, Deirdre Miki, I think, who you're also going to be speaking to as part of this podcast series, will is one of our um, board members. 
Michelle Hanforth, who is um, Chief Exec of Aberdeen Harbour Board, the, the two leaders of both Aberdeenshire Council and co-leader of Aberdeen City Council. And also we have each of our sector board chairs. So for each of the sectors and industries we work in, we have sector boards who advise. So Trevor Garlick, who heads up our energy board, and Stanley Morris, who heads up our, our food, drink and agri board, Professor Stephen Logan, our life sciences board, Claire Bruce, who's chief exec, uh, sorry, chairman of um, Visit Aberdeenshire. And we've got a new chair coming on, on in digital, um, Grant Smith. So across our board membership, there's over 80 people give up of their free time every six weeks to work with us on shaping and developing our future projects and activity. And one of the key um, differentiations of Opportunity Northeast is we have this secure funding from the Wood Foundation, so 63 million investment over 10 years. But as with all funding, whether it's private sector, public sector, investment funding, what's the return we are seeking to achieve? So as a minimum, we have to secure match funding through the public sector and or others. So on top of that, any additional private sector funding. And also we have to demonstrate that these projects and this funding will leverage more jobs. It's all about where are the jobs of the future, higher value jobs and growth in the economy. So quite an unusual company. The return on investment is a return into the northeast of Scotland economy that will deliver long term jobs for the future in this region beyond our current strength in oil and gas, beyond our current um, and existing industries as they operate now, but grow and thrive for the, for the future. That's us, Opportunity Northeast. And my job is to lead all of that and shape and grow the team. And the team has grown now to 30 people over the last five years. Yeah, that all sounds great. Lots of really exciting um, projects. Um, I'm sure it's definitely a great thing for the Northeast of Scotland. Anyway, um, as you say, there's there's a lot more than just the oil and gas. Um, so it's great that um the Orchard Northeast is, is focusing on on oil and gas obviously, but on the other sectors as well. Um could you tell us a little bit about the path that was taken by you to reach your current role as chief executive? Yeah, so I love the the title of your series, The Imperfect Path, because I think for each of us we can only find our own perfect path. So what was my perfect path? I think in my early days, and, and and I'm going back to when I left school age 16 in 1979, my perfect path was to follow my passion for food. I loved food. I loved cooking. I loved baking. And I know that sounds really obvious because we've all spent 12 months doing a lot of that in our spare time and eating it and enjoying it. But I, I, I chose a path of studying nutrition because that was something I was passionate about. And I went into industry straight after doing that degree, working in innovation and product development, then moved into marketing. I also did support and training. And then um, that was down south, moved back to the northeast of Scotland to, to Aberdeen and went, moved into the food industry in, in, in account management, um, managing the accounts for Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Co-op, etc. and then became general manager of Grampian Oak Products, um, a small milling company up in outside Banff in Portsoy, near Portsoy. So my formative career was all in industry um, when I was down south I was working all across the UK then I was working internationally and I continued to work in industry when I came back still wanted to work in food and drink and it was really important to me to work in a food product that was a healthy food product what was healthier than porridge and oats for sure but actually then I, I started working with um, what was then Grampian Enterprise 
um, and a really good colleague, Lorna Jack, who some of you will know through the Law Society. Lorna is now Chief Executive of the, the Law Society. And, and Lorna was at that time head of food and granting the enterprise, and I joined what was a food task force. And for the first time, understood um, how industry and, in that instance, the public sector could come together and develop up um, partnership that was beneficial for both, that where you got support for industry working together, where you could meet other like-minded people, you could meet your peer group, and you created a network um, of others who were also leading food and drink companies at that time. So I, I really, really enjoyed that. When Lorna moved on to a role at um, Scottish Enterprise in Glasgow and the job came up, um, I applied for the job at Grand Enterprise and I moved from industry into the public sector, having never, ever thought that would be something I do. I would do. I, but I kept my passion for food and that working across industry and public sector became something I really enjoyed and could see the huge benefit of. And I stayed with Grampian Enterprise and I, my role expanded beyond food and drink. I took on manufacturing, I took on tourism, um, I took on um, small, at that time, it was small technology companies, you probably call them digital companies now, and also energy and was promoted to director, left actually to join Shell and thought that was a really opportunity because everybody was in, that, in, in Aberdeen. It's like, surely there's a, an opportunity in oil and gas. I stayed at Shell for five months and the opportunity came up for the chief exec's role back in what was now called Scottish Enterprise Grampian. And I applied. And after five months left Shell and, and came back to Scottish Enterprise Grampian as the chief exec, um, which which was interesting. So my perfect path was to follow my passion in food and drink. That found me working my way through commercial innovation, product development, marketing development, leading um, a, a company into um, this world I'm still in called economic development, industry development, working and, and bringing private and public sector together in partnership to invest for the future of the infrastructure. Um, and so... I think it was my perfect path. I followed my passion. I found something I loved and I found opportunities to continue to grow personally and grow what we do in success um, along that journey. Great. It sounds like you've had um, a really exciting path and it's good that you've maybe had the chance to go back to your passion this past few months and do a little bit more cooking and baking. Along that path, um, through the many opportunities that you have, what would you say has been the biggest challenge of your career to date? Without any doubt, stepping up to a leadership role, um, and particularly if, I mean, for me, it was chief exec of SE Grampian. For others, it will be different leadership roles. But it, you take a risk. You take a personal risk. And it is a challenge. And you have to expect it to be different when you're the, the single accountable person in terms of that leadership role. So whether it's heading up a team and a new leadership team structure or then moving up again to be that, that chief exec or a founder in a business. When it's when it's all about um, you taking the risk and taking people with you in terms of, of that journey. So without a doubt, back when I took on the role of SE Grampian chief exec, that was the biggest challenge. A challenge I relished, a, a challenge I took consciously but that leadership challenge is, was a big major step up. Yeah, I can imagine it would have been difficult. Um, 
And given where you are now, um, and you know, the chief executive, and you've, you've worked your way up to a great position, what advice would you um, give to yourself if you were advising your younger self? Find what you are really interested in. And I, I mean, no job is perfect. We all have to do things we don't love. We all have to work hours and weekends at times that are, that, you know, they are challenging. That is challenging. But it is about, I think, what what are your values that you bring to your day job? Because if you have to do that, or it's it's the divide between life in work and life outside work, work has to give you space and time to think and, and, and develop your whole self. But equally, your values out of work have to reflect the work you do. So I, I, I think know and understand what's important to you and how that reflects in the job you do. Um, I, I think make sure that you have people around about you who support you. So in work, if that's your peer group, if that's mentors, I was really lucky when I when I took on the role of, of chief exec at Scottish Enterprise Grampian. I had the outgoing chief exec, Ed Gillespie, who was a great support. I had a chairman, George Watkins, who then headed up Conical Phillips in Aberdeen, who was an amazing support. And there were other senior leaders across Scottish Enterprise Grampian, Scottish Enterprise Network who were in the same role who were always at the end of a, a, a phone or we used to meet physically. It seems amazing now. So I, I, I think always remember to go ask others. I think listen really hard, reflect. Um, I think as you go through your career, you know you're not always right. There are things you have to do to take risks to, to make that final decision or the final call. But but always be prepared to be open to ask, to seek advice and to seek supporters um, who will help you personally as well as help you and your business. Great, that's great advice, and I'm sure um, the listeners will definitely take that on. What would you say is the key driver that has helped you see past the challenges and remain resilient even times of difficulty? At heart, an optimistic person, and I know there's some um, who will say the route to optimism is heartbreak because you'll always be disappointed. (laughs) I think on balance I've not been. Um, I'm quite a visual person. I remember when I was um, in Scottish Enterprise Grampian, we had board members who'd say, give me a picture. Tell me what that looks like. And I, I, I think one of the key things is always having that image of what success could look like. And it's back to that perfect path. It's not that you'll perfectly get there or that's the perfect image. But if you have some sense of your destination, now that would be what some people would call strategy, but you can just simplify it. So if this, if we get this right, how good will this look? If we get this right, what will be happening? If we get this right, what will I be doing? What will you be doing? What will be the difference then? So I've always had ability to look to the future in terms of what good would look like, what the, the positive outcome would be. And I that helps me all the time. But I am quite a visual person. So that, you know, it, that won't be for everyone. Um, but I can get that mental image in my head. Um, and I think in terms of you have to take bite-sized steps or baby steps sometimes. And, and take the wins as you get them and not be knocked back all the time by when things aren't successful, but reflect and say, well, you know, what do you do differently? Wasn't it right? How would you do it differently in the future time? So plan, do, review, plan, do, review. Um, I think the worst thing you can do is not do. So action is really important. Not you know, make a decision. It might not always be the perfect decision. Um 
So 80-20 rule works, but actually probably strive for 120 and your 80 will be 100%. I think you have to be comfortable. The The road is, is not always smooth, but equally the bumps help you learn and develop and, and move forward. Um, and But sometimes it can be devastating and it's it's how you pick yourself up from that. You go a walk on a sunny day at the beach, you go... <laughs> If you like running, you know, you go talk to your dog. I think that are what what is it allows you to get the space and time away from those bumps to reflect and learn um, and and come back. And that's what builds resilience, knowing how you you pull yourself back from those, pull the organization back from disappointments. There will always be disappointments, but it's 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 how you build your resilience and strength to recover from from those and also remember to celebrate the successes. You, we've had a great week this week and um, we've been developing up the energy transition zone project for the last year and Rishi Sunak has announced um, 27 million Scott of UK government funding towards the project and we're very close to having a same announcement from Scottish government. You know, in the midst of being and doing and developing up that business case and working with our boards to get that in front of government, presenting it, making sure we're speaking to all the right people, demonstrating the impact that could have, working with partners to work with the community and what that might look like, it's really important to remember to go, actually, team, well done. You know, that was just an idea, a concept 18 months ago, and we've built on our knowledge and experience of building a business case, working with industry, testing and developing where the difference could be made by, by getting this project and infrastructure right to attract those, these new industries for the future. And let's just remember to say, well done. So resilience and remember to celebrate success when we can, of course. It's easier to celebrate success when we're all in a different environment. <laughs> great. And that's a great achievement that the Scottish Government and the UK Government are, you know, providing all this funding and it'll help both teams in North East going forward with all these exciting new projects. Um, from that, and I guess that project, how you've built it up, you know, over the past couple of years, um, and I guess there would have been challenging times throughout that um, for Opportunity Northeast and sort of the broader project. And has anything during that that's happened during that period affect the way you approach sort of perceived failures or difficulties or sort of struggles? And do you view them with a different mindset? Experience helps for sure. And it's definitely about surrounding yourself with other people who will walk that path with you and not staying down too long. I mean, I genuinely think where you get setbacks or you've things have been really difficult and you learn from it at the end of it, either you get a better project because it's been a good challenge or as an individual or a person, you you think hard, long and hard about what would you have, what would I have done differently? <laughs> how How will that affect what I do in the future? Um, I think there's always time for reflection. I think one of the biggest challenges of working in this environment is we lose the informal. So I think this is a nice informal chat. It, you know, you've set up a good um, environment to create the this opportunity. And remembering in a very busy world of team call, teams or Zoom calls back to back that you you still need some informal. Um, you ne- you still need to build relationships and you still need to build trust. So I I do think it is in all um, in all ways, whether it's personal life or in our professional and work life, it is that just 
while you celebrate success, you also reflect with others and yourself personally, me, what would I have done differently and what will I do differently in the future? When I say it, it sounds so common sense. Of course, you would do that. But actually, if you don't allow yourself time to do that, then it might feel like it's um, it's not important to do, but I think it is. And, and have someone you trust to talk through those things. Um, I think as with more experience, it's, it's easier to do it on your own, but it's definitely better to do it with somebody and have somebody really honest who is prepared to listen and also help you work through um, what you personally have learned from things that you'd have done differently. We do uh, what worked well, what was challenging and what would I do differently in the future or what would we do differently in the future? So that's our review of our plan, do review. And I think if you frame it in that context and always remember what worked, what was challenging, not so positive, <laughs> and what would you do differently in the future and, and try and remember to keep doing that, then um, that's how I find teams move forward, I move forward um, and just like there's no perfect path, it's a more perfect path. <laughs> I think that's um, that's really good advice. That's a great review. And I think there'll be a lot of people listening who'll take that on board because, as you say, you know, you say these things and it, it seems common sense, but in practice, it, it often doesn't happen. Um, so hopefully um, everyone will take a bit more time to perhaps reflect on things now. Um, you've told us about... Um, some recent successes of Opportunity Northeast, um, and um, we hope you're celebrating those. Um, but I wondered whether um, there were any challenges that lie ahead for Opportunity Northeast, um, and if so, how are you preparing for those? Yeah, there definitely are challenges. We're in a hugely challenging economic environment across um, this region and across the, the UK economy. So securing funding and investment is going to continue to be a major challenge. Our funding is to be matched by mainly public sector, but others and in an environment where that's great news from the government. This this week, there will be challenges ahead as, as government has to balance out its books. So one of our um, challenges will be how we secure funding to continue and maintain the momentum on what we need to invest from a, an industry perspective to secure an economic future. And, and, and what we've learned and how we do that is we, we build good projects and, and good cases. You Not every project makes the grade in terms of this is going to deliver on impact in terms of, of jobs, but innovating, coming up with those new opportunities and new ideas and, and understanding it takes time with industry to develop them. And it takes time potentially to secure funding. So that's no different whether you're a startup like sciences company and you've got to go through all your research and testing and series A and series B in terms of fundraising or a startup in digital. It is, it, you do need to be patient. Um, and I think in terms of looking ahead, just like when you start up a business and you're going out for your financial investment, you have to have a good proposition so it's important people trust you, important people, de you demonstrate integrity in terms of intent, that you deliver on what you promise and say you will do, you build up good relationships on the way, but ultimately you have to have an investable proposition. So we will continue to build with our, our boards investable propositions and, and take those forward because there will be funding available for good projects that are going to make a difference, make an impact and, and deliver those new jobs of, of the future. 
And that's any startup, that's that's any business, that's organisational. I, I mean, I reflect, I watch um, the narrative around about the new BP and, and Bernard Looney repositioning BP as an energy company for the future. And that absolute faith there is a new future, but actually the hard work you have to go through to demonstrate that, to build the case for that, to build the case for investment. So that's that's what we are doing as Opportunity Northeast. So, yep, celebrate ETZ. A lot more work to do now to make that happen and deliver it. But equally, what's beyond that? What are the, the in, as well as implementing projects already with investment, what are the, the new projects and how do we secure funding? For example, Northeast Adventure Tourism, one of the projects we've got under development at the moment, how do we secure investment for those outdoor provisions of activities um, and infrastructure and how do we make the case for that how do we make sure we're going to have the right skills and people to continue to set up businesses in that whole area so there's a bit of take a tested model and keep doing it adapt it um, and keep planning for the future keep looking for those new opportunities but that's where we use our boards that's about having the right conversation about understanding what's happening in the marketplace, understanding where customers and consumers are going, understand where these industries play into that, um, and and do it in a, in a way that is about a world that's moving from high carbon to low carbon. What does sustainable food production look like? How do we reassure people that we're catching fish sustainably in North Sea waters? How do we demonstrate that we'll develop green tourism in a way that actually will make people feel good about coming to the northeast of Scotland? in terms of the experience they have and the impact they have on their environment. So that that very much is the opportunity to reframe some of the activity for the future. Do you think that you have encountered any specific challenges due to being a female leader? I'm often asked that question and I don't know and I, and I don't I don't mean to be flippant because I only know my experience. And I've worked in environments where there's been strong female dominance. So, for example, I did my you know, nutrition and dietetic training in the hostel, which was a very gender biased um, environment with a lot of um, females attracted to that profession. It's probably more balanced now. I've worked in an environment where I, I genuinely think if you can get a 50-50 split in terms of diverse team, you do get different perspectives and it works. So... I don't feel I have been. I think in the days when I was in Scottish Enterprise, we had a great mix in terms of diversity. So I think, to be honest, the answer for me is no, but I know that's not everybody's experience. But I never expected it to be different. Um, But I know I've had very positive experiences in terms of the environment that I've, I've worked in. Yeah, um, that's great to hear. And it sounds like you've had a really good um, support network throughout your career, which is great. Um, and also worked in environments which um, are mixed, which is great as well. Um, you've given us a lot of great advice throughout this podcast. Um, I know uh, Neva and myself will definitely be taking some notes as um, as we, we were just starting out our career. Um, so um, this is really good advice for us as well. Um, but I wondered if you could just give a couple of top tips. I I think you spend a lot of time in work or in your business, so find a way to enjoy it. Um, you you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Not every minute of every day, but you have to find ways to feel inspired. Um, there are times when life will be a juggle, and you will be balancing many different competing 
um, elements of your life. So again, prioritize those that are are most important to you in terms of your own personal health and and well-being and and do set goals. Don't set them so unrealistic that they you put pressure on yourself. But but have in your own mindset what what you would be comfortable with for your success across all of 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 your whole life, both in terms of your career, your profession, your own business, and and what you want to achieve personally in terms of health and lifestyle, and enjoy the journey. It's 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 our life, and and it's for us. To, to make the most of every minute. Great. I'm sure those tips will be very useful for, for all the listeners. Um, so that was a fascinating discussion. Thank you very much for giving us an insight into your journey and showing us that whilst the path to be a successful female um, businesswoman may be full of twists and turns and different roads and um, having to overcome the many issues that you, that you come across, either in a more linear or sort of roundabout fashion, and can often be a key component to building long-term sustainable success. So we look forward to hearing about Opportunity Northeast's key projects for this year and the many years to come. Um, if you would like to know more about CMS Women or the Equip programme, either in Scotland or more widely across the UK, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us at imperfectpath@cms-cmno.com. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen today.